Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Soba Sisters, the podcast. I'm super excited to have my friend Jen here. Jen is another girl who came with me to Bali on my first ever retreat that I hosted, and so I'm so excited, and she's actually sitting here right with me. So this is my first like in-person interview where we're actually like in the same room. So I'm really excited for you to be here today, and welcome, Jen. Hello. All right. So Jen was the youngest of our group of 13 women, and she's 27, which I just think is absolutely freaking incredible to be so self-aware at that age. Like, God, if I would have been aware and actually did something about it at, at that age, I would definitely be, I feel like, in a little bit different place than I am today you know i i was aware that it was a problem my drinking and that i should probably stop but it, i didn't realize like oh i can stop you know so i just absolutely love that and a fun fact too so jen lives in new york i'm in boston and so she was so kind enough to drive all the way down here and so we could see each other we haven't seen each other since april when we did our retreat and um so last night we went out to dinner and we drove to this really awesome place right on the ocean and upstairs they have like this roof deck um bar and so we wanted to go up there but you had to be 21 so um obviously we're both 21 but the freaking guy that was like checking they check ids and they must maybe sometimes get like a younger uh, crowd in there so we both walk up he literally just looks at me says nothing Jen walks up behind me and he asks for her ID. I'm like, what the hell, guy? I'm still like, like, just so annoyed at that guy for doing like, you know what I mean? If there's two girls that come up, maybe he thought I was her mother. Okay, I don't know. I'm 40. She's 27. I don't think I look that old. But yeah, I still was like, you think that the guy would be like, hey, can I get both your IDs and try to like, you know, make the older one feel a little bit better? I don't know if that's personally what I would do. Um, but I'm I'm fine. I'm happy with with my age, but I just thought it was so freaking so funny. So I just wanted to um, mention that. Uh, so why don't we just jump right into a little bit about your story, Jen? You just hit incredibly two years without alcohol. How does it feel? It feels amazing at this point. I don't even think about alcohol. Like I don't, I don't crave drinking or anything like that. So it definitely comes with time that just you don't think about it anymore. It's just not in your day-to-day -day life. You're not driving by the liquor store and being like, oh, I want to go get a bottle of wine or the gas station. I want to run in and grab beer. Like I don't even think about it anymore. How long do you think it took you to get to that point though, where it wasn't really like a thing that was on your mind all the time? Probably like six months to a year. Um, definitely after a year, it stopped being like when I was out in public or crowds um, or with family, I stopped caring what other people thought about me not drinking. People stopped questioning it. You know, it, there comes a time when they just stop being like, oh, why aren't you drinking? Like, because I'm not. Right, exactly. And so Bali had, I think you and I were probably one of the, like the only people really that hadn't traveled 
much, if not that far. Um, so was that really scary for you? Was it a big decision for you to, to travel all the way to Bali with strangers that you had never met before? Yeah, I had only traveled inside the United States. I went from New York to Montana, um, and that is the farthest I had ever traveled. So I had gotten a passport a couple years ago, but I never used it. So it was the first time that I actually like whipped out my passport and got on a plane and went halfway across the world. Yes. And it really was just just so beautiful, I feel like, to see your growth and your journey just in that seven days that we were there. Do you feel, how do you feel like that Bali, you know, changed you in just that experience? Bali made me smile. Like I hadn't smiled in a whole year. And I said that while I was in Bali a lot, um, I'm recently divorced and um, just being in Bali, I was happier and more carefree than I had been in a long time. So yeah. it was really nice to just feel feel loved too by everyone there. Everyone loved me and I love them and I'm very happy with the relationships that I have made. Yeah. I oh my God, I have like goosebumps and I want to cry. But I remember when you said that and I remember just like it it caught me off guard. Like you're like, this is just the happiest I've been in a really long time. I haven't like smiled in a long time. And then that just made me realize like how powerful this experience really was and I've talked about it before how I was I almost like backed out of the whole thing due to my like fears and anxiety and I just was like wow you know us being here really is just such a life-changing transformative thing and to just see that you know on your face and everything was was really incredible so did you have like a rock bottom what was that like what was the turning point for you that had you tried to quit for a long time and then it clicked or was it just like a one day you were like, Ugh, I, I need to stop drinking. What was that like for you? So I kind of knew from when I started drinking that I would have to stop drinking at some point. Um, both of my parents are alcoholics and I didn't want to have a family in the same family style that they did. Um, so I wouldn't say I had like an actual rock bottom, but I definitely had some rocky roads along the way. I had crashed two cars, um, luckily didn't get in any trouble, but still like not, not good. And then a big fight with my husband and I just decided that I wanted, I didn't want to fight about anything because of drinking. Like we only really fought because I was drinking or we were drinking. So. Yeah, I can 100% relate to that as well. So when you woke up that day and you were saying like, okay, I'm going to quit, what did you, did you go through a program? Did you go to AA? Did you join any type of support groups or did you just do it on your own? I did it completely on my own. I was on um, a couple Facebook uh, groups, but I didn't really like go into them. And then I listened to a ton of podcasts and a ton of books um, and not just sobriety books, but books about anything just to keep my mind busy um, and away from wanting to drink. Yeah. I love that. And what would you characterize? Like when you did drink, what did that look like? Um, yeah. Like what would, 
what would happen when you drank? How would your personality change? Because I feel like my personality changed and my behavior changed and especially with like blackouts. And then, you know, so what, what would like a typical night of you um, drinking feel like? So towards the end of drinking, I was blacking out like every single time I drank and I could drink like three beers and blackout or I could drink 20 beers and I'd blackout. Um, so I don't even like the shame that came with that and not remembering um, anything that had happened the night before and having to like ask or not want to ask because I had so much shame um, that that really was part of why I wanted to stop. Like I felt like drinking lowered my anxiety for like the first hour and it was like cool because I could talk to people and feel comfortable and then like the next day my anxiety was so bad that I wouldn't talk to anybody and I would just lay curled up in my bed wanting to die absolutely yeah we were just talking about that last night remember on the Soba Sisters group coaching meeting about sometimes that the shame could be worse than the hangover itself like just sitting, having to sit there with that, the shame, the guilt, embarrassment, just mad at ourselves is literally worse than the hangover, than the pounding headache. And it's just, it can be suffocating. And I, and you also mentioned too, about how it would kind of act as like a social buffer or like help with anxiety. And it's just funny because like, it does kind of help with that at first, but the price we have to pay is like, it's just so not worth it. What what comes with you know a temporary few minutes of of relief and where our shoulders go down and where we feel like we can like talk to people more, but what the price that comes with it the next morning just not worth it. Yeah, definitely not worth it. The shame spiral is very real, and even now, like I can still every once in a while muster up that feeling of like shame deep in your stomach where you're like, oh, I can't believe I did that or said that. And and it's been two years. So it's gotten easier for sure. But every once in a while, you still get that like Oof, feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is too, like nobody talks about that. And I know we're not the only ones that feel it. I know that I, I feel like most people who drink on whatever level it is, feel that to some extent, just no one wants to talk about it, you know? And so instead, since nobody like mentions that, you know, like say a a group of girls goes out for like girls night out dinner or something and they all have a bunch of drinks and then they go home to their own separate homes and have that 3 a.m. wake up where they feel like shit and then have that like the next day where they're like, oh, what did I say? Did I embarrass myself? Everybody's feeling that way like separately, but then no one's talking about it, you know? Like they're not calling each other. They're just trying to act like it was all good. And so when we're sitting here feeling this way, like we think we're the only ones that experience this when we drink, when that's so not, not the case. Everybody, I feel like feels, feels that just at different extents, depending on what happened. Definitely. I even called out of work a lot, not because of like hangovers, but because of my anxiety from drinking. So I would call out of work and be like, I'm just having a really bad mental day. But like, once I stopped drinking, I was so I was able to work through that so much more than I was when I was drinking. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. Do you still get anxiety today, social anxiety or regular anxiety or has it like gone away like a good amount? 
Um, I definitely still get anxiety, but I am um, on some medications that I take daily and they're not affected by me drinking, which I had been on and off like depression, anxiety meds for years, but with drinking, it just kind of made everything worse. Um, so being able to actually steadily take my meds and not feel like my drinking is amplified from taking my meds, um, that that has definitely helped. I'm so glad you mentioned that actually, because that's a real thing like that people take medications for either anxiety, depression, but then are drinking. And first of all, like that is really dangerous. Like I, I did the same thing, but even more so is that they don't work. The medications will not work and they will actually make your symptoms of depression and anxiety worse if you're drinking and taking these medications. It counteracts like all the symptoms and it makes them more. So you don't even know like what your baseline is, especially if you're taking these medications longer term and you're drinking like all of your adult life. You're like, I don't even know where my like mental baseline is. Like, am I an anxious person? Am I a depressed person? And so really it isn't until we stop drinking, we remove that from our life. We work with our doctor to see, you know, what medications are best and then have like a long-term sobriety of what and see like, oh, oh, this is actually working. I know for me, that's I was like, oh my God, like I was taking this medication for so long, wondering why I'm still feeling like crap and depressed. Um, but it was because I was drinking and I never gave the medication an opportunity to do its job. So I think that's like really important to mention. And yeah, it says it on the bottle, like don't drink with alcohol, but we all still do it, you know, but I think that there's just not enough like education on it, like at, at the doctors that prescribe it, like they should be like, no, seriously, like do not drink because it's going to make your symptoms worse. Not only will it not work, it will actually make it worse. But I feel like they don't always take the time to do that. Not at least not, you know, all doctors, but that and when you're in full-blown addiction you don't really care what the doctor has to say you're just trying to feel better so you're like oh, i want to feel better by taking this medication but like you actually have to hit the root of the problem which is probably your addiction and not the depression or anxiety totally yeah exactly um so i just so when we were in bali before we even left you already booked your next trip there. So tell us a little bit more about your thinking behind that and what's what's going to happen next. I just really love Bali and I would move there if I could. Um, it's just such a freeing, loving place. And I loved just being there. So while I was still there, I booked a 15 day trip there in October. So it was like six months from when we were there. And I am actually going to do another sober retreat while I'm there and just hang out a few days by myself. It'll be my first time really solo traveling. Like I did travel solo to Bali to meet all of the wonderful girls that I did meet um, for that retreat. But this time I'll have like a little over a week there by myself before and after. So that'll be cool. And then also, while I was still in Bali, I booked a trip to India in March for another retreat. Um, so just going everywhere I possibly can. And I would have never done this if I was still drinking. Right. And yeah, I feel like it kind of just opened up this whole world. I, I feel like the same thing happened to me. Like now that we've like experienced such a insane thing, 
we're like, okay, now we want, we want more of it. Like, what have we been doing this whole time? Like living under a, a freaking rock. And so I feel like it does, it just lights this, you know, I had planned my next retreat to Bali too, before I even left, I picked the dates and everything. So it's just really incredible. If anyone ever has the opportunity to do something like this, definitely just, just do it. And well, and the opportunity won't just like magically appear in your lap. You have to like, kind of go out there and look like Jen, actually, why don't you mention like what, how you even thought about, um, cause you and I didn't know each other before. I don't even think you followed me or anything on social media or like that. I remember. Um, and so what prompted you to be like, I'm going to search a sober retreat for women. What, I feel like well, I remember you telling me. So. so I'm not on social media, really. So I might have followed you before. I deleted all my social media, but after going through my divorce, I just got rid of all my social media because I didn't like seeing people happy, which is hilarious to me now. Um, but it just gave me that awful feeling like I'm going through this divorce and everybody else is happy. So I just got rid of social media. So I didn't have to see that. Um, and I went to my doctor and she was like, this was in like October of last year. She was like, why don't you try and find something like a weekend or something to do with other sober people so you can meet um, some people that way? And I was like, okay. And I went home and I Googled sober retreats and I found one in somewhere in the United States and it was like really expensive. And I was like, wow, like I, I don't want to spend that kind of money to go to like New Jersey. I live in New York. It's basically the same. So I found um, this retreat in Bali and it was like a reasonable price. And I was like, I think I'm going to book it. And I just booked it, not knowing anybody or knowing anything really about, I didn't even know where Bali was. Honestly, I found that out after I booked it. And um, then one of my friends was like, um, are you going to be safe there? And I was like, I have no idea. And so I searched <laughs> that and it is like Bali's supposed to be one of the safest places that you can go. So I felt pretty confident, um, but it didn't matter because I had already booked it with a non-refundable deposit. <laughs> so I did just kind of jump in all, jump all in for that. I love that. Your, your doctor must've been like, whoa, I didn't mean you had a travel 30 hours across the entire world but way to go you yeah. know but it is like crazy how had she not suggested that you wouldn't have most likely like searched it and then gone and then you just think of the ripple effect that now you have all these right. other trips and now you have these like connections with all these other amazing sober women and it, you know it's, it, it is funny how like if one thing went differently that everything else after that kind of would not be what it is so Definitely. Everything happens for a reason, even if you can't see the reason when it happens. 100%. And I love too that you mentioned how you got rid of all social media. And I think the fact that getting annoyed and upset and all of that by happy people is totally a real thing. I, I felt the same way, especially like when I would see like a husband and wife and kids and I would, you know, after my divorce and I'd be like, oh, like it would just make me feel bad about myself and obviously it's all me stuff. It's not them. They're not doing anything wrong. And so I think that that's really good that you did that to protect your own mental health and to try to just, um, you know, stay in your zone. And so I think that's good for anyone to, to do that. So if, if you feel bad when you're social, you're scrolling social media or, you know, either unfollow those people or hide their things or just completely take a break from it and walk away. I think that's super important for people to do that. 
So if you could recommend to, if someone's listening right now, and especially if they're young, young like you, and they want to stop drinking, they don't know, like they're questioning their relationship with alcohol. They don't know where to start. They're afraid that they're, they're not going to have fun. They're afraid that, um, you know, it's going to be, their life is going to be over if they stop drinking at this age. What would you, what advice would you give to them? It's definitely hard in the beginning um, because like your whole weekends revolve around going out and that's what people do. Um, but you can find other things to do. I love bakeries. So I kind of traded in breweries for bakeries. I like cake. I go and I will get a cupcake or a whatever type of treat that I want from a bakery um, and not feel guilty about it uh, because you would go to a brewery or a bar and that is something that I've kind of traded in also like the nighttime for the morning time. I'm a morning person now. I get up at like 5 a.m. Um, I try and spend a lot of time with my dogs. Uh, and then a book that I absolutely love is You Are a Badass by Jen Sinchara, which isn't a sober book, but it's just a really great book um, to enlighten you. And she does talk a little bit about sobriety in there. So it's cool. Um my trip to India is inspired by that book. She talks about her trip to India. And I was like, oh, I actually would love to go to India sometime, which is something I would have never even thought about doing when I was drinking. I love that. I love that baker. You traded breweries for a bakery and nighttime for morning for early mornings. That's huge. And that book, actually, now that you say that, when I hit my two year soberversary, the all the ladies in the Soba Sisters community, like sent me stuff for my like two year thing. And that was in there. That was one of the books. So I have it. I just haven't actually read it yet. So I'm going to have to read that and see what that's all about. And I think that that's like really important too, is you don't have to just read all sober books, like just read books that are going to uplift you, motivate you, you know, inspiring stories, um, that type of thing, I, I think is really wonderful. So, well, Thank you so much for, for being here. This was really cool. And thank you for taking the three, four hour ride all the way from New York to come and see me. It's really great. I don't have a lot of real life, like in person, or if any, like sober people around me. So this was really great. So thank you so much. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening to this episode. And I would love for you to leave a review or a rating or anything like that. And if you're interested in doing a retreat like Jen did, you can join me in Punta Cana this October and we're going to have so much fun. You can use, you can use code sober 200 to save $200, which who doesn't like to do that. And yeah, thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.